ornaments, the lights, the stockings, whatever it is that you have. But if I were to ask you, what made your house feel full during the holidays? I bet your answer wouldn't be, oh, my snowman collection on the mantle. Yeah, the decorations are nice, and they make the house look really festive, but they're just decorations. Pieces of plastic and wood and glass that have been shaped and colored. The thing that really makes your house feel full of love and those good memories are the people who are present. The loved ones, the family, the friends that come to visit. That's what makes your house feel more like home. And when everything is said and done and they all go back their own way, your house just goes back to being the same old house. Maybe even feeling a little bit emptier now. Solomon's temple was just as empty. Yeah, it was a magnificent building covered in gold and the elegant designs, but it was just that, just a building. Stones, metal, wood. But that temple, it didn't stay empty. Because as we read in that first reading, God's presence filled that temple. And that changed everything. God is present in his temple. He's present through his covenant and he's present through his hidden glory. It had taken seven long years, but Solomon finally finished that temple. And now it was time for the last piece, the Ark of the Covenant. That Ark, it had served as the symbol of God's presence ever since the covenant was first made on Mount Horeb, which is another name for Mount Sinai. And in that Ark were the very words of that covenant, the Ten Commandments written on those two tablets of stone. If the Israelites just followed those commands, God had promised them, I'll be present with you, I'll be your God, and I'll bless you. It's like agreeing to a new gym membership at the start of the new year. If you agree to pay Planet Fitness X amount of dollars, Planet Fitness will be your gym. It's simple. Do this, you receive this. It's even simpler than the pages of fine print in that contract of the new gym membership you probably won't read. Obey these commands, and I'll be your God. He laid it out for them on those two tablets of stone. And even though God made it abundantly clear, this covenant was destined to be broken. And the Israelites, they had already broken it countless times. During the times of the judges, God's people went back and forth between crying out to God and going after the gods of the foreigners. Saul, the first king of Israel, broke this covenant by rejecting God and, and not listening to his word. And God, in turn, rejected Saul. Even Solomon, the builder of this temple, would stray from this covenant just a few years later when he married hundreds of women and chased after their gods. And God followed through on his warnings. He rejected Solomon and he removed his presence from that temple. 
it's really easy for us to look back at all of those things and, and ask ourselves, how did they mess it up? God made it so clear for them. But if you think, even for a split second, that you have a chance at keeping this covenant any better than Solomon did, you're dead wrong. Honor your father and mother. That means respect everyone in authority. And with a presidential election coming up this next year, you might find yourself struggling with that one. Don't covet. Well, it's hard to not be jealous of the new iPhone 15 someone got for Christmas when I just got another book I didn't even ask for that's probably going to sit on my shelf for all of 2024. Have no other gods. Well, every time I sin, I put myself above God. We have the same words from God, but we still don't listen. And we deserve the same treatment that Solomon got. God cutting us off. That's the clear warning of this covenant. Just like the warning in the new gym membership. If you stop paying, this will no longer be your gym. If you stop obeying these commands, I will no longer be your God. But this covenant, it was kept for us. The covenant, it needed to be kept perfectly. Solomon couldn't. I sure can't. But Christ did. Jesus fulfilled that covenant at the same place as in our reading. When he was presented at the temple just 40 days old, in line with the demands of that covenant. Jesus, God, was present at his temple, fulfilling this covenant for us. And this was just the first step in a lifetime of following every single letter of that law, ending with the price paid for our disobedience of that covenant, suffering separation on the cross as he gave up his life for us. And with that covenant fulfilled, a new and better covenant was made. A covenant not written on two tablets of stone, not written on pieces of paper, but a covenant written in our minds and in our hearts. A covenant that promises God is present within you. On that special day, the Israelites, they got even more than just a symbol of God's presence in the Ark and Ten Commandments. They got the real deal. God's real presence, His real glory hidden in that cloud. As soon as those priests put down the Ark and left the temple, that cloud filled the temple and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. One perk the new gym might have is a steam room. And growing up, the local YMCA in Lansing had a steam room that my brother and I used every once in a while. And when you're in a steam room like that, the steam is so thick that you can't even see your hand five inches from your face. And the air, it's so heavy that it's almost hard to breathe. It would have been stupid for 14-year-old Mark to go into that steam room with his math book and calculator and try to finish his algebra assignment, and I promise I never did that. This cloud, it made it impossible for the priests 
to carry out their duty. But this wasn't just any normal nuisance. Solomon and those priests knew exactly what this was. God's presence, the glory of God. The next part of the verse spells that out for us. For the glory of the Lord filled his temple. They knew exactly what this was. Because the Israelites had seen it before. God led the Israelites in the wilderness in a pillar of cloud. Thunderclouds engulfed the top of Mount Sinai as God spoke to Moses. A cloud descended on the tabernacle, the temporary home of the ark, when it was completed. They knew God had arrived, because God had arrived just like this before. It's like recognizing who's arriving based on the car. Whenever I see my wife's bright red Toyota Scion pull up at home, I don't wonder who it is. I know it's my wife. Because she drove home in the same car yesterday and the day before and every single day that we've lived down here the last four months. The Israelites didn't wonder what this meant. They knew God was in his temple. And that means they also knew that glory, even hidden in a cloud, was still so much holier than them that they couldn't even step into God's presence. And God would return to this temple a thousand years later, this time hiding his glory even more discreetly in the flesh of baby Jesus, hiding that glory so that he could bring his presence among mankind. We, just like those priests, have absolutely no chance of standing before our holy God without being instantly vaporized because of our unholiness. But God hid that glory so that he could bring us into his presence through the work of our Savior. The work that was being accomplished even that day in the temple courts. And once again, even though God's glory was hidden, there were still those who recognized it. We read about Simeon, who took Jesus into his own arms and said, This is the glory of Israel, our salvation. Anna, when she sees baby Jesus, she she tells those around her that this is the redemption of Jerusalem. Even though God hid his glory, it was still recognized by those who knew what to look for. And today, God still hides his glory. But now he hides it in new temples. Although Solomon said that this temple would be a place for you, that is God, to dwell forever, that wasn't true. As I said earlier, God would reject this temple and it would be destroyed a few hundred years later. So the Israelites, they build another temple just for it to get destroyed again. But we have been transformed into God's temple. Paul, in his letter to the congregation of believers in Corinth, urged them, Don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? I'll give you the same encouragement that Paul gave to those believers. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. God is present in his temple because God's glory is in you. 
Yes, Solomon's temple was magnificent with the precious metal and the artwork. But you are just as magnificent as that temple. Because it was never about the building. But it was always about God's glory. It's never been about who you are or how good you can be. But it's always been about God's glory in you. And God tells us exactly how we can recognize that hidden glory. It's hidden in the salvation that he brings us. Not through a cloud or even a flash of light, but through a simple word. It's hidden in the faith that word creates. The faith that receives the righteousness of our Savior. It's hidden in all of our fruits of faith. All of those acts of love that we do to bring glory to God. Even though God continues to hide his glory in us, we do everything we can to reveal that glory. To reveal what God has done to save me and to transform me into the home of his presence. Right now, you might be missing the feeling of having a house filled with loved ones at the holidays. And even if you spent this Christmas alone, I want you to remember You're never truly alone. Just as Solomon's temple was filled with God's presence, we too are no longer empty, but God has filled us with his presence. And he continues to be present in his living temples through that covenant created and completed by Jesus. And through his hidden glory, the righteousness of our own God that we receive through faith. You are not an empty temple. God is in his temple. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Please stand as we join together to confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated.